Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Happy Monday, everyone. Good morning. Boop, boop. How's everybody's weekend? Mine was good. Mine was really good, actually. Yeah. We you enjoyed um, it? what's that? <laughs> you enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was nice. It was nice to um, it was nice to relax a little bit on Saturday, and 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 uh, well, we obviously had Calvin's uh, flip. You tour. relaxed on Saturday? More or less. More relaxed than last week. <laughs> last week was a little crazy. Um, my feet hurt by the end of Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. And, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not saying that I like, I enjoyed the weekend more than the week, you know, I don't live for the weekend, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, last week just, I was kind of glad that it kind of came to an end and I was able to kind of decompress a little bit on Saturday. And by decompressing, I mean, meeting 60 people <laughs> and playing ball hockey playoff game, <laughs> and a ball hockey playoff game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It uh, uh, so Calvin Realty had held a, a flip tour in Edmonton. I, I know a bunch of you guys were there. It was great finally meeting a mm -hmm. bunch of uh, of the people that you know we've we've communicated with online and through the podcast, but never yeah. quite uh, met in person. Thank goodness for name tags, but I wish name tags also had last names. Yes, because yeah, it was like meeting people and then. I'd be like, hey, and then it's like the last name. It's like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And, and then, yeah, the, the mask. What's your last name? Oh. Yeah. And then the masks on top of that. It's just like, yeah, it can be hard to recognize people. But it was so good to meet so many people that, yeah. Yeah. Update your Facebook profile pictures. Yes. Um, clear image of who you are. Clear image of today. who you are. <laughs> Get rid of, get rid of, Not right, ten years ago. Right in close, right in close on those, uh, right in close on those eyes. I want to see those eyes <laughs> so I can recognize them in person. Um, yeah, some people that like I've I've talked to you multiple multiple times, and I said, "Oh, good to see you again." And they're like, "Actually, this is the first time we met." And I'm like, "Really, really, we haven't met in person yet." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It can get confusing in uh, these uh, COVID times. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, who have I met and who have I just really gotten to know well on social media <laughs> yeah. and Zoom and whatever else? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So you know, thanks to Calvin Hexter um, Calvin Realty for putting that on. That was. Yeah, they put on another amazing event. Like, yeah, they're just <clears throat> knocking it out of the park with those flip tours. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, key takeaways from the weekend or from that uh, event? my key takeaways yeah would you would you what's your takeaways from it well i didn't get to go to um a bunch of the stops because i was busy setting up our stops we right had, uh, two of our properties on the tour um so i didn't get to hang out and hear a bunch of people talking about their particular uh flips which i wish i was because i'm i like we i still have a lot to learn yeah <laughs> um so yeah, I didn't get like a lot of the educational takeaway from it, but I got to meet so many people who are out there wanting to take action. And I hope 
that the takeaway that they took was to just get started. Yeah. You know, get out of your head. You've see, you've now been through a bunch of properties, seen people doing it. Get out of your head. Get the right people on your team and start. Yeah. I think that was a big message this weekend. Get the right people on your team and then just start. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for flipping. I feel like flipping is a little more intimidating than, than you know, long-term buy and holds. Yeah. Uh, because there's a little more unknowns and uncertainties of, of what's going to happen. Buying a, a rental property is pretty simple. You just go buy a house and put tenants in it. And, and you know, the, the unknowns uh, are, you know, is it going to go up in value? Is it going to cash flow? Am I going to get the right rents? What if the tenant does this? Still intimidating, but then uh, flips, you know, tend to intimidate people more because what if I go over budget? What if it doesn't sell? Then you can actually money. lose money, you yeah. know, um, uh, not immediately, but you can lose money a little more. Uh, uh, sorry, the dog barking is just driving me bonkers. Okay, we'll just do. Got to mute the mic so I can yell at the dog. Something's going on. Someone's outside today. But yeah, uh, flips. Um, you know, it can be a little more intimidating because yeah, it's it's not like, um, you know, a rental property where you're gonna sell it in ten years and maybe lose money. It's like I'm gonna sell this property in three months and lose money. And so yeah, I could I could totally get that. But um, you know, surround yourself with other real estate investors who are doing it. That's a that's a really great place to start. And also just start like Gabby said everything all good over there yeah he needed out (laughs) oh the dog needed out yeah oh man listen to me you guys (laughs) see see on a recorded podcast we could have just paused it and and went back into it (laughs) getting my stairs in with uh with a live podcast yeah you gotta deal with the with the the dogs (laughs) and the kids um yeah I was just saying it's it's at the end of the day, like you say, it's just it's a matter of getting started. Getting started yeah. And um, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, they'd asked what our um top tips are for for new investors who are getting into this and 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 um uh what we recommend. And I shared my mentality towards the flips and getting started in it because we've we've done f- quote unquote flips before in the past, but it's always flipped to to hold, yeah. like a burr, right? Or, you know, we've done renovations or we bought a property. Um, never to sell. And it's a completely, completely different thing. And um, the finishes are different. Um, the timeline is different. What else is different? I mean, just. Yeah. Well, also, like we were um, adding suites and stuff too. Right? Yeah. So, like, whole different um, template of a project. <laughs> flip, flip to rent and as opposed to flip to sell. And uh, so this is a this is a new thing for our business. Something we always really wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Maybe maybe early on when it, when it was a possibility, it's just we didn't really have the resources for it. Uh, we didn't have the knowledge. Um, plus, the market wasn't really um, set up for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's. I mean, Alberta hasn't exactly been the best market for flipping for for quite some time because we've just been in a in a. In a not a stale market, but a yeah, a break-even market for the last ten years. So, um, but we saw an opportunity, and that's why we decided to get into it. But sorry, my 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 thought process, my mentality—I should have mentioned this a minute ago—was that um, 
I decided that I was going to just be okay and assume that the first three flips we do, we're going to lose money. Yeah. So I walked into it saying, you know what? I'm planning to lose $5,000 on the first three properties. And I just, I had that in my mind and I'm like, okay, I'm going to lose $15,000. So I looked at the finances and like, okay, are we going to be okay if after the third one, you know, there's $15,000 that we're, you know, that we're out and we are obviously. So it just, it, it made it easier to go into it knowing that because then it wasn't all the pressures of trying to get everything right. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is just a learning experience for us. I'm going to pay just like I'd pay a coach or just like I'd pay a, um, a course, you know, um, yeah. someone to teach me for $5,000 on each one to build my template, to build my model. I, I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to come up with a model that we could replicate every single time, every single time where we go in and, and for our example, for our business model is townhouses, you know, thousand square foot townhouses, three bedrooms, you know, one and a half baths or two and a half baths. Um, and it was going to be the exact same materials, exact same hours of labor, exact same feature wall, exact same kitchen, everything, just replicate it every single time so that whenever we bought a new place, it was very simple for me. I knew exactly what I'm going to buy it for, what it's going to be worth afterwards and everything we're going to do in. And we just hand the model, the template to our handyman or sorry, to our contractor. And then he would just do it. Yeah. And it'd be super simple and it wouldn't, there wouldn't be any headache. So I'm willing to, um, to, to, to learn now and to lose a little bit of money just to make sure that going forward, yeah, you know, it would always be profitable or at the very least, you know, um, less mistakes. Yeah. And the thing with townhouses also is that um, a lot of the surprises that you encounter when renovating houses, you don't really often need to worry about with townhouses. So you're not going to find out like, um, oh, no, we need to redo the grading. We missed that. Or, oh, no, we that roof yeah. actually is leaking. It looks fine, but it's leaking. Or, oh, no, the insert whatever. Anything on the exterior. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, that it is pretty purpose. fixed in how much, yeah. And how much it's going to cost as mm-hmm. long as you have the same square footage, there's little factors. Kitchen might be bigger, might be smaller, um, you know, bigger quartz template. <laughs> no, sometimes the layouts can be a, yeah. um, quick question for you. Do you have to let the dog back in? I asked Everly to. Okay. So we're good. We're not <laughs> going to have any more barking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, the great thing why we chose condos as Gabby was saying was that, uh, you're only responsible for inside the studs, um, which, yeah, it's, I, I didn't want to get into, because we have so many other things going on, we didn't want to get into a flipping business where we're going to have to deal with exterior stuff, which can be pretty costly. Mm-hmm. Roof, windows, doors, um, grading, um, landscaping, right? So um, it, it's much easier to do condos and that's why we decided to do it. And yeah, anyway, so for the first three properties, if we just assume that we're going to lose $5,000 on each one, it just makes it so much easier to, to try new things. Just get to work. Right? So that yeah. first one that we just uh, that we just sold, sold. Um, or, you know, they're taking possession on December 15th or 16th, something like that. That one, we, we tried to cut some corners. We're like, okay, we'll focus on this area. We're not going to focus on this area. And we learned, you know, through the sellers or sorry, through the buyers um, reactions, um, the people that were coming through, what they liked and what they didn't like. Mm-hmm. And then so for the second one that we're renovating right now, which is almost done um, for this one, we went above and beyond and focus on all those things. And 
but we went over budget. So yeah. it, it gives us, it's, it's good practice to see, you know, which things um, will work, which things won't work, which things, especially for townhouses, because we're on a very limited budget and tight margins. We have to figure out where to put the money and where not to put the money. Yeah. And at the same time, without jeopardizing um, the buyer's interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been good. And if you uh, go in with that perspective, it makes it so much easier. And then just just pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to be go, for you. It doesn't have to be, you know, going into it saying I'm going to lose 5,000 on the first three properties. You might not have the ability to do that, but find your own version of that um, that will just make you comfortable with moving forward with it so that you don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. Absolutely. Trying to figure out, you. Ha- I have to make fifteen or $20,000 off of this flip. Otherwise, I'm ruined. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That puts a lot of pressure on you. And then you're, it's going to affect the project. So, you know, something something's going to give if, 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 you know what I mean? If you fall behind on the timeline or, you know, you go over budgets and you get stressed out, you start putting the pressure on your, your contractor. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it's not healthy. Yeah. Not for anything. But anyways, I started rambling on about that. You know um, what this, you know what renovating these um, couple of townhouses has done for me? What's that? I was chatting with uh, Brenda on Saturday. Brenda Bistel. Yeah. And she was, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say that she loved my feature wall. She took a picture and said that she's going to do that. Just, just throwing it out there that <laughs> you were team white. Don't forget you were team white. She loved the design, the diamonds. Okay. It was my idea. Okay. Anyways, um, so we were chatting about that and then she asked how I'm liking um, like getting back into the renovation side of stuff. And what doing this has done for me is it has reaffirmed <clears throat> that like, I love renovations. I love flipping. Mm-hmm. I love seeing something ugly and then being a part of like making it beautiful at the end. That is fulfilling for me. I love the process. I love working with our contractor. And we've always said like early on, that what are we going to do when we retire or like, you know, when we don't we need not to be doing this. No, but listen, but something we used to say later on is that like, what are we going to do later when we don't need to be like actively doing all of the things mm-hmm. um, just to like keep busy. And the thing that I always said was that like, I'd love to be flipping houses because that's like something that I enjoy. But then we got away from doing renovations and Why? <laughs> I kind of forgot about it. Why? Well, we stopped sweeting properties and adding them to our portfolio because we weren't growing our portfolio anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love this. I love the process. I love everything about it. And it like it this like I am enjoying this. <clears throat> if I didn't have all of the other like bookkeeping, like keeping up on the rental property type stuff to do, and I could just like focus on this, I think I would be like super fulfilled. And that's yeah. a cool thing to to realize or to recognize, right? Right. And you don't really recognize what you like to do until you've tried it, until mm-hmm. you're in it and you're like Oh, I really like this, or maybe I don't. And actually, that can segue me into another thought I was having, because we talk a lot about um, really knowing what you want in your life. Like, what is your dream life? What mm-hmm. kind of house are you going to have? What kind of car are you going to drive? What are you going to be doing in your spare time? Um, like the routines and just like what what you really want to have. What are you working towards? And getting clear on that so you know what it's going to cost and those types of things. Right. And one thing that I've really thought that I wanted for a long time was a Jeep, that I wanted to have a Jeep. I wanted that like open air, cruising in the summer, wind blowing through my hair. And, you know, like I that experience, I like always dreamed that I wanted that experience. Just Katy Perry just blared. 
through the speakers? I don't really like Katy Perry. I don't get the reference. California girls. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. um, And I was saying to Wayne, uh, maybe six months or so ago that like one of these days, I'm just going to rent a Jeep just for fun. Just like test it out, make sure that like I actually like it and that it's not like a, a, a dream that doesn't actually make sense. Uh, you're never supposed to meet your hero. Yeah. <laughs> and so Wayne did that for me. He rented one for me um, for our last cabin retreat because we needed to leave our car behind for our babysitter. And um, so we rented a Jeep and we got to, I got to drive it for the weekend and it was awesome. But like I started realizing, well, A, it was cold, so we couldn't take the top off. And B, there's like all these little things like there's no middle console, like where the hell am I supposed to put my phone and like my stuff? And so I was just like, that's annoying. And then like all these like little things where it's just like, oh, this is so not practical. Like this is not a practical vehicle. Obviously, it's a Jeep. It's meant to go take off road and like have fun in. It's not meant to like Mm -hmm. be a mom vehicle. (laughs) And um, yeah, so afterwards, I was like, you know what? I'm still definitely going to rent one in the summer to like go cruise and have the wind blow in my hair. But I don't know if I really want it. And so we needed to rent a vehicle again this weekend because yeah. Wayne and we, I made Wayne sold our, sell our truck. I was just like, we don't need this truck, sell it. Yeah. But now all these instances are coming up where I wish we had a second vehicle. So we needed a second vehicle this weekend. So I rented a Jeep again. I'm like, why not? It's fun, whatever. And um, then we get there and all the Jeeps were gone. And she's like, but don't worry. She's like, I'm going to upgrade you to this Dodge Durango. It's beautiful. It's got this. It's got that. It's got all the things. And you're going to love it. You're never going to want to come back here and rent a Jeep again. And I was like, okay, Tracy. Is her name Tracy? I think it's Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so she puts me in in a brand new Dodge Durango. And my God, this thing was a beauty. Like so nice. A dream to drive. The middle console was like A+. It like hit all the check marks and all of a sudden, who knew Gabby wants like a big SUV, luxurious leather seats, middle like. <laughs> from going from like 10 years just driving a truck. I mean, trucks are just, you know, they're good, they're, but the practicality of a truck is in the back where you don't yeah. sit. Yeah. Um, where you haul shit. Where you haul shit. Yeah. You had heated seats. Yeah. You had leather. Yeah. You had this. You had that. But uh, yeah, the SUVs are built for. Yeah, for comfort. Yeah. So anyways, if you have this dream of something you want, try it. That's try it on. Good point. So that that spoke true for me for the Jeep. I don't want a Jeep anymore. I want to rent one in the summer, but I don't want a Jeep anymore. And also for flipping. Like, yeah, I want to be flipping. That's how I want to spend my time. Mm-hmm. Just like those things. Like you got to try stuff to know what you want and what you don't want. Make sure it's not a fantasy. Well, I mean, so to to connect those... Um, cause I, 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 oh man, just, from, hmm. <laughs> I just think SUVs are just horrible depreciating oh, assets. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just from a bad fun, investment. E- even, <laughs> even though like it doesn't really matter <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's just a horrible investment. Um, but you know, to connect those two things, you know, the, to, to back to flipping in real estate, maybe reach out to some flippers in your area and ask if you can follow along. You know what I mean? Maybe you can go pick up materials for them or something along those lines. Maybe you can swing a hammer. Maybe you can swing a hammer or or tear carpet, which might turn you off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Tearing up stinky carpet. But, uh, you know, maybe just reach out to someone and and just get a little more involved and see um, see if that's something you'd like to do. One of the big uh, downsides uh, to flipping 
which I asked you a couple of minutes ago, why did we stop doing renovations? Because it just really throws your your schedule off. Oh yeah, big time. That is a downfall for sure. It's it's terrible. Um, you know, since we've gotten back into it, I don't I don't think it's a hundred percent of the blame, but it's 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 more than fifty percent. It's just like it's throwing off our um, our, our daily scheduling. Um, we're not we're not focused as much on getting other things done because it, the flip is very reactive, or something comes up and we need to react to it. Whereas before with our portfolio, I mean, the only reactions we ever had to make was you know when a tenant emails us, and it's sorry, not necessarily when a tenant emails us, but like when something needs to be done, you know, it's dealt something with, yeah. dealt with immediately. Um, but this just like so reactive, which is not the way I like to roll. I like to be proactive. I like to have the week all planned out. I like to focus on certain things every day. Um, so th- that really it, it forces you. But what it does is like we haven't got in the groove yet. Like we haven't stopped and like um, looked at how we could better our systems to. We're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. But you know, just things like like eating, like sometimes we're out all day and then it's like, oh, shoot, we still need to pick up the groceries for dinner to make dinner, but we're not going to be home until this time. So then we're not going to be eating until eight. And that doesn't work when you have a kid. And it's just like all these things. So then it's like, oh, well, I guess we need to get takeout. Like that's our only option right now. Mm-hmm. So like if those types of things, if like the the necessities in life, if you had that figured out, like you had prepped meals on Sunday, like we used to, and they were just in the fridge so you could just get home warm it up and eat you know like if you have really good systems in that sense yeah of like the basics of your life then it's not such a big deal to kind of stir it up or drop something and know that you're not going to get home until a little bit later but yeah having kids throws another wrench in it as well needing to be home before school pickup and like all those types of things yeah um and even the best laid plans could be ruined by kids (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah it's Sorry, if you came here for for answers, we don't have them. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's not stopping it. us. Yeah. Hey. No, it's not. It's definitely not because our purpose and and our goals are mean so much more to us. Yeah. And like, also for instance, those of you who were at the flip tour, like we had our kid with us because we don't have a like family to just go leave her with and like that kind of stuff. Like we we like she's just part of what we're doing and what we have going on. It doesn't stop us from taking action. We had one of our, um, one of the women in one of my mastermind groups, when I mentioned that the flip tour was happening, she's like, Oh, I want to go so bad, but I don't know what we do with the kids. Bring them. I'm bringing my kid. That's, that's my only option. Bring them. She's like, Oh really? I can do that. Yeah. Like don't make your kids an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we ended up making it super fun for the kids anyways. Yeah. Oh, um, they had a blast. Yeah. Best friends. Yeah. 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 It worked out great. And I bet you they're wondering the next, when, when the when next, the next tour is. or open yeah. house comes up, they're going to be wanting to go because we made it fun. Yeah. And you can make it fun, right? You can, you can find your own way. Just, you know, yeah. we, mid, mid tour, uh, we ran out and grabbed candy for the kids and, yeah. and we were, you know, um, bringing them around the house. And I, I know Josh is here. Josh kind of walked in on, 
I came down to the basement and I was showing the kids all about how the furnaces work and how the hot water tank works. And just, you know, the ducting carries the warm air through the house. And this right here, this four inch uh, tube is where all the poop goes down. <laughs> and uh, so when you flush upstairs and you have a big poop, the poop you know goes down this, this, this drain right here and it goes out of the house. So it was super, I made it, I made it fun for them and they learned lots of cool stuff too. So every time they pass that, uh, that tube now, now they know what it is. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, you do what you got to do, um, in order to make it work. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to talk about a couple of discussions that I had, um, at the flip tour as well. Sure. Um, I got, I got to meet a lot of people that the poop lesson was the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I had a bunch of conversations with people that I haven't met in person yet and saying, you know, great things, obviously, about the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, it's good. It's good to get feedback about the podcast. So thank you so much. Because, um, like I said, I, I have the data. I, I have the data. I know how many people are watching, how many people are downloading, etc. But I don't know who they are. And I don't know what's, you know, what people like and what people don't like. Um, one of the big things that I've been hearing recently is that uh, people really appreciate the the raw authenticity of our podcast. Yeah, and that it's every morning. Um. And that's so great to hear. I think not knowing what we're going to talk about half of the time probably helps with that. Like once you get talking, like it's almost like there's no filter because mm -hmm. like it's just a conversation. It's not like we pre-planned what to say, when to say it, the flow of it. Like we're just talking. So it's just like whatever's on our mind comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know I know that you had a little bit of resistance and hesitance. Um, you know, when we were first looking at it, it was like, yeah, it was like how are we going to talk five days a week? on like how are we going to have things to say well yeah and we don't want to talk about this we don't want to talk about this because we're not supposed to talk about this and what if our tenants are listening and what if this and what if this and you know you start getting all uneasy and mm -hmm. and, and self-conscious and you know what if someone thinks this way or that way about it and 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 we just said you know what just screw it and we we opened ourselves up to vulnerability whereas most podcasts you listen to are just so polished. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they send out a questionnaire. What are we like um, of questions and like finding out what they're going to talk about and what are the talking points oh, and yeah. then guiding it through. Like that's what podcasts are, right? Yeah. And then you get all super <laughs> excited that this person's just some big celebrity or this, 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 this polished idol that, uh, you know, um, and, and, and I, I put a lot of thought into that, right? I put it like, I'm trying to put out a good, a good product. Um, ultimately, the goal of this, it always has been for the last two and a half, three years, whatever, has been just to what do people need in order to take action? You know, what what do people need? What what did I need when I was starting out? And, and, and providing that trying to bridge that gap, because I, I just see so many people doing the exact same thing. And they never get to where they want to be. So you know, how do how do we provide that? How do we provide? How do we bridge that gap? And um, one of the things that I've always looked at is, 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 is it, how do I put this? You know, sometimes, um, okay, so we'll rewind back to, you know, most podcasts. Most podcasts, what they'll do is they'll just make themselves all nice and polished and unreachable, right? Uh, hey, it is, you know, such and such, the big this guy, you know. The, the I, I you know the big multifamily apartment guy and he doesn't respond to messages and you just get so like oh wow he's so amazing he's you know he's got this many properties and 
and he never responds to my messages. Oh God, I just wish I could spend 10 minutes with him and, 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 and learn everything he knows. And when you go with that approach, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it kind of creates a, a bit of a, you know, a better than or a higher than kind mm-hmm. of, you know, um, a celebrity, but I've, I've listened to those podcasts and I don't find them as valuable. You know what I mean? Everything is very generic. Do, mm-hmm. do you ever listen to podcasts like that? I don't listen to podcasts very often at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, I, I never really liked that approach. I never really liked it. Everything was just like, it was almost like, it's hard to put into words. It was like, I, I listened to these podcasts for years and I never got enough information. I always got the surface, mm-hmm. just enough. And then it was the next thing was, you know, to buy their $12,000 program. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I never really liked the direction. It was always to make them seem like a celebrity so you would pay for their $20,000 coaching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wow, this person's amazing. I wish I can get close to them. I wish, oh gosh, yeah, oh. And then finally some $20,000 program comes like, well, if, 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 I, if, I, if that's the only way I can get close to them. But I didn't, I didn't want to go that route. And, and I, the, what I've always tried to show is that we are just like you. Literally, mm-hmm. our dog is barking upstairs. It's fucking annoying. And I can't think straight because he's barking. Uh, our kid came with us to the events. And this is what real real estate investing is actually like. We are very successful. We've done amazing things. We continue to go do great things. Um, and so is every other investor. So don't get fooled by, you know, the the way that just because they're unreachable it means that they're that they're holier than thou. Their shit stinks too. And and the common denominator is they they and we and you can too, just got started. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like when people just trying to reach for that person over there. I'm having a hard time putting things into words today because I I slept so terribly last night. Um, The fact that that person is just so holier than thou, I think it actually, it makes it hard for people to actually achieve it. I think it actually makes it really hard for people to actually reach it because they just think that they're so big. Right? Yeah. As opposed to if you were to look at someone who was more like you, it's actually a little more achievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we got a message there? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anyways, so it was great feedback to, uh, from from everyone just kind of hearing that, that they really appreciated that it was more raw and authentic. And and that's ultimately what we're trying to go for. Yeah. Is we, want, we want everyone to realize that this is, this is real real estate investing. Yeah, for sure. We're just we're we're just out there doing it <laughs> and sharing our stories and our journey along the way. Um, the other thing we kept hearing was uh, about the six a.m. thing. Yes, so so many people. Well, like we had no clue that they were even listening because they're catching the recordings. So they were coming up and introducing themselves, and um, and you know, saying, "Hey, I've been listening and love the show and stuff," but like just haven't made it to the to the live yet can't do that 6 a.m thing quite literally yet. everyone is saying yeah. i love the morning show love it just haven't quite got to that 6 a.m yet yeah and i asked why 
Why not? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, just not, not, not really a morning person. Not really a morning person. <laughs> I, I don't really have a good reason for you to get up early. I don't. I, I, I've never really liked that argument um, that when someone says, um, you know, get up early every morning. Um, you know, all the millionaires and billionaires get up early at four o'clock in the morning. I've never, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough argument to, to win because the opposite would, you know, person would say, well, I just stay up late and I work late instead. And then um, I enjoy my mornings. Okay, cool. It's, it's, you know, there's some scientific studies about, um, you know, which one's better. I've heard scientifically, they say that if you're more productive and effective in the mornings, I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. But um, that's, that's, I, I, I was there. I was there when I left my job. I lost my reason to get up every morning. Because mm-hmm. um, my reason for getting up every morning was always to get ready for work. Yeah. Right? And mine was to get you and Everly ready for work in school. <laughs> yes. Um, Wilson says, I love the 6 a.m. Gets me going for the day. It's becoming, becoming a, habit. a habit. Yeah. Courtney, I love the 6 a.m. <laughs> it gives me good motivating content to listen to while I get ready for my day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm hearing people saying, well, yeah, it's I, I like the show. I love the show. I love that it's so authentic and raw. And it, and it just it, it reminds me, you know, that this is it's all possible and it's motivating every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just listen to it at 730 after you put it out. <laughs> yeah. At, yeah. Again, I don't have any real argument. And I'm not going to start bringing in scientific, you know, studies and stuff like that. But I was the same way and I had no real reason to get up every morning after I left my job, I was saying. And I so I started staying up later and I was working in the evenings, like working later. And then I was like, because I had no reason to get up, I was sleeping until like 8, 8.15 every morning. And staying up until... Well, I was staying up until 10, 30, 11, but the problem was I was working so late that on different things, responding to emails that I couldn't get to during the day, I was being productive in the evenings, but my mind was just completely fired and, 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 and then, so it was really hard to turn that off in yeah, the evenings. Yeah, to be able to wind down. To wind down because I was putting so much energy in in the evenings. So what happened is I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm gonna go to bed, and then I go into bed, and it's just like you cl- turn the light off, and it's just like you, I could just see colors in the dark. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just different, all these different noises, and oh shit, what about this? Oh shit, what about that? And start thinking about all these different things. Yeah. And it was impossible to get to sleep. So I'd stay up until oh, I put a movie on. Normally, I was just watching movies and shows on my phone just trying to fall asleep and I wouldn't fall asleep till one thirty, two o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And it was a terrible sleep yeah. because I was watching shows, you know, falling asleep, watching shows and thinking about all these different things that are stressing me out because, you know, business is business. And-, and Wayne, that was just a habit. You were just literally in a cycle that just kept playing over and over again because that was the habit. You had formed that habit and that's what you did and that's what you would continue to do until you consciously decided to break that, Right. I don't think I consciously decided to do it. I just built a new routine. I started yes. a morning show. <laughs> it's, it's, but, that's, part, but part of building the morning show was that that's going to get us up in the morning. Yes. Right? That's conscious. 
Yes. Yes. Well, it was it was intentional. Yes. It was intentional. I needed to find something that would get me up every morning, even though I'm like, oh, man, I'm never going to be able to do it. But that was my way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. I knew that I also wanted to do a daily um, podcast as well, trying to figure out how to get this done. Yeah. Right. I wanted to make sure that someone had something to listen to every single morning. And that, that was my plan for He's almost two years. Mm-hmm. That was always the plan. I just, I couldn't figure out how to do it because I didn't want to get up early. Yeah. And then just, I eventually just made the decision and decided to go for it. Um, and now I've got a reason to get up every morning. So if you're struggling with the getting up at 6am thing and you want to find a reason to. Yeah. Like I, I, We've even, you know, we've, you know, the, the daily giveaways, which by the way, we should give away something today. Yeah, I think um, we forgot the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, we've just been so deep in the conversations. But like, but the daily giveaways, I mean, there's a reason why we're giving stuff away every morning. We're dangling a carrot for you, like trying to find some reason to get you up every morning, um, you know, and, and, and get you going. Um, we want to start your day right. We, If that's what you're looking for, we want, we want you to join in. Yeah. The thing that I always um, tell people when they when they say that they're struggling to get up early and that they're more night people and that they can't get to bed before 10 or 11, because I was also there, once you start waking up early, you're going to find, like, especially like that 530 where it's like, okay, six o'clock is like a normal time that people get up. But when you push it back to like that 5.30, like that's earlier than than you feel like most people should be waking up. Once you start doing that, early into the evening, you're like, oh, I'm starting to get tired. Yes. And by like 8, thir- eight 9 o'clock, you're like struggling to stay awake. And it is glorious. That was one thing that I never saw coming from this. I always just thought it was just going to be. That I'm you just have, need to get in the habit. I'm going to have to force myself yeah. to get up at 5 o'clock every morning. Um, but what started happening was, like you said, 8.30 rolls around and we're tired. Yeah, like tired, tired, like legit close your eyes and you can go to sleep. <laughs> Which, you know, is good and it's bad depending on on your situation. But one of the other issues that I was having before was not a matter of getting up early. It was a matter of getting to sleep. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, now we put a show on at 8.30, 9 o'clock and I'm dozing off like a, like an old man on on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sitting up, <laughs> sitting up and dozing off. Um, it's pretty amazing because it, the sleep is so much better now. Yeah. So much better. We're actually getting, we're getting probably the same amount of sleep, hours of sleep we're getting before, but it's, it's more quality sleep. Mm-hmm. It's, we're not forcing ourselves and like to, to try and get to sleep and turning things off and taking a, a tea or a sleeping pill or something like that to just kind of turn our minds off. We're so tired and exhausted that our mind is just naturally doing it. And it's, it's, it's so there's a lot of benefits actually. I'm, I'm kind of on the wake up early, you know, team now. Yeah. Um, Cause the, well, one it's, it's helping me sleep better because yeah. I'm getting up earlier and I'm sleeping better Two, The other thing was that I was doing all my work in the evenings at night. And then it was, it was a difficult, it was, there was a difficulty getting to sleep afterwards. But when I do my work in the, in the mornings after the morning show, normally I'll, I'll finish up here and do the last little touch ups to the podcast and get that out. It takes about 10 minutes. And then I spend about an hour just responding to emails and stuff and I'm getting them done nice and early. Right. And I'm not concerned about my mind 
you know, turning my mind off mm -hmm. for sleep afterwards. Um, there's great benefits to sending out emails before everybody else is at work because that's the first thing they're going to respond to, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's lots of great benefits. Um, and I'm starting my day off right, yeah. right? And I'm thinking about different things. I'm writing them down, writing my notes. I'm prioritizing things that, you know, are the most important that are not in them, you know, things that aren't. And then I just plan my day out, plan my week out, and I can actually achieve them as opposed to stressing about them at, at 1130 at night. Mm hmm I can't speak to to science or anything, but I I'd you be can't speak to science. I can't speak to science. Hello, science. <laughs> but I'm willing to bet also that waking up earlier, opposed to sleeping in just a little bit, like even if it's waking up at eight or nine or ten or whatever, waking up earlier than that, I bet you every single person feels more accomplished when they get up earlier. Oh, 100%. Even if, even if it's their normal routine, maybe they work a little bit later and they, they stay up a little bit later and then um, wake up later. If that's their routine and it's just normal for them, I bet you if that person woke up an hour or two earlier, they would feel more accomplished. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to feeling more accomplished to staying up two hours later? Yes. I always say that nothing productive happens in the evening. Sure, you might be sitting at your computer trying to like bust out a, I don't know, Excel spreadsheet on a contact list or like whatever it may be. But I promise you that doing that, well, I don't promise you. I mean, every person is different, but I bet that doing that in the morning would be more productive than doing it at 10 p.m. at night. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, Patrick, I think, I think he's here listening. I think I saw him join, but he wakes up early every morning, gets his day started really early. And he always shares a picture of his watch and a quote on his Instagram. And this morning, I really liked it. I actually shared it with you, Wayne. I was mm -hmm. like, this is good, especially um, considering the conversation. And it said, I just had to look it up again. It said, the best way to make your dreams come true is to wake up. Mm. Get up, get at it. Yeah. It's the only way to make your dreams come true. <laughs> Unless you want it to take a really long time because you're not being effective. I've heard a few people say they're team uh, 0600, but I mean, is anyone team uh, 2 a.m.? Well, not getting up at 2 a.m., but staying up till 2 a.m. Yeah. I'm curious if, you know, if, 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 if you want to make the argument, I'd love to hear the argument. Um, but from what I see is that everyone's on the same page with, with, with us. And I, I it's, yeah, the facts are there. The yeah. facts are there. Um, I don't know. Like, I kind of want to come up with something like a 6 a.m. challenge or something like that. You know what I mean? Because I know there's a lot of people listening. I know you're not here yet. I know you're still probably warm in bed and you're not going to be waking up for another hour or so. But don't do it for us. Like there's no benefit to us yeah. for you getting up and joining in live. Okay. Aside from a reason for me to get up every morning, you know, doing the morning show is 100% for you, the listeners, mm -hmm. 100%. I listened to the feedback that we were getting about the Real Estate Investor Dad podcast. I People wanted more, and they wanted more raw, authentic conversations as opposed to scripted interviews with celebrities, which had no meaning to people whatsoever. It wasn't valuable enough. I feel like you're going to get a lot more nuggets and a lot more information hearing about what we're doing every day as opposed to hearing about how great someone is because they put, you know, seven sea containers together and in some remote island in Belize 
and and are helping starving children. You know what I mean? Is that really going to help you get your next property? No, it's 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 motivational. It's like, wow, if they can do it, I can do it too, which like I've seen it a million times. It doesn't help. Yeah. Um, Courtney says your poll may be biased. The podcast, the morning show is not for us. It's for you. Yeah. Okay. So should we do some sort of a challenge? We might need to put a little bit of thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not put it together on the spot. <laughs> I want to, I want to see if you're listening to the recorded version, I want to I want you to try getting up at 6am for like a five, week for this week. And when or you do it, <laughs> come on in. You gotta you gotta join in on Podbean. So download the Podbean app. If you're if you don't know how to do it and you don't know how to get in, just message send us an email or send us a message on social. We'll give you the information. But I want to see you come in just this week. Just try it out this week for four days, okay? And when you do, just post a comment in in the comments and just say, "Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm up at six a.m." Again, this isn't for us at all. We're not like we're not making any money off of you being here. This is 100 for you. So if I if if we can help motivate you or we can help hold you accountable to start getting up a little bit earlier and get that extra hour in every morning yeah you know to to do something productive to start changing your routine a little bit so you get better sleep yeah and also just to give you a little bit of inspiration first thing in the morning to show you that it's possible yeah, and well, you that's can become what I was a full-time say. real estate investor too. Yeah. If you if you do it for four days, you might realize that like you feel your day feels different. You feel different. You feel better. And that might just be what you needed. You might have needed those four days to just get up earlier to realize that that you had a much better week than you've been having. How was it? That? Oh man, I shouldn't quote things I don't remember specifically, but there was there was the three or five star general that always said, make your bed first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, always make your bed as soon as you wake up so you have some form of accomplishment right right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same kind of thing. Just give yourself, um, you know, something to be proud of first thing in the morning and it's going to make your day so much better. Yeah. I'm not saying you're going to, you know, you're going to get a JV partner at uh, 6, at 6.30 a.m. or 5.45 or 6, yeah. whatever. Don't, don't call people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying like, and, and you're going to wake up an hour earlier to listen to a podcast an hour earlier. Like, well, that makes zero sense. All I'm going to be doing is listen to podcasts. I'm not going to get anything done. But I, but I assure you, if you wake up every day and you get involved in this conversation, you click that little call in button right there and you ask your questions, you start your day off, right? You're in a much better position than what you are right now. Staying up till one o'clock in the morning and watching Netflix or playing some game on your phone. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I want to, I'm going to be paying attention. I'm going to be watching the listeners and and if please 6am club challenge, 6am club. Oh man. You wanted to put a challenge together. Gotta have a name, a hashtag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I kind of want to touch on that real life thing again. I don't know. Just having some trouble with my words this morning. Again, I told, I, I, talked about this last week i'm not gonna i'm not gonna act tired on the podcast anymore but uh, those sunday nights they kill me kill me every single time i was talking earlier and i'm just like i'm I'm not putting my words together i'm not i promise you if you had me at 9 a.m it would have been a lot better but um i want to see more podcasts giving actual real life talks as opposed to fantasy Mm -hmm. i can't stand it 
I can't stand like, and, and looking back and listening, like thinking about all the podcasts I used to listen to, I'm not shitting on other podcasts right now. I'm just, I wish that more investors would, would open up and be more vulnerable as opposed to just always being their best polished selves yeah. in order to sell programs just drives me bonkers. Yeah. Cause well, there's so much to learn. Like we could learn so much more from really successful investors if they just talked about what they're actually doing that day, as opposed to, you know, all the their big accomplishments and their highlights. Yeah. If they just talked about the shit that they deal with on yeah. a regular basis and how they didn't sleep the night before and how their kids got in the way uh, of their online Zoom meeting or, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> everyone, everyone has kids. Everyone shits. It stinks. You know what I mean? Everyone's been through failures. This is so much more relatable than highlight reels. Um, speaking of real life, uh, can, can I segue? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I think, I think it was last week that we were talking about our upcoming inspections, quarterly inspections, and how uh, one of our uh, tenants had stated that she was going to deny us access. Yeah. Yeah. We talked, well, we talked about it because there was a conversation going about like, are you going to notify her that if she denies access that a few people <laughs> asked me on the weekend, I'm like, Hey, so whatever happened to that tenant? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And that was one of those things back when we were thinking about starting this podcast, like, Oh, you know, we shouldn't open ourselves up. And then people are going to be asking us about things that we're doing. This is, this is normal day to day life. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, our inspections were last week Yeah. and, um, and she wasn't home. She didn't deny access. So yeah. yeah. But um, I like I still need to go through those. We hired out the um, inspections. So I wasn't there personally, but and I still need to go through all, all the forms. But yeah, sounds like the place was a mess, which was expected. Worse than the last time. Worse than last time, not better. Um, yeah, but access was not denied. So I guess that's good. And questionable if she had moved her sister in and the puppy. Yeah, hard, hard to not definitive. Now we're doing CS CSI shit. Yeah, <laughs> so we're looking at pictures. And there's boxes stacked in the middle of the room, and and the furniture is reorganized differently than the way it was before. And that storage bedroom it actually has a bed hiding underneath all that storage now. Or like that bed wasn't there before. So now we're trying to figure <laughs> out did she actually move her sister in or not? Because you know it would yeah. be grounds for or it'd be a breach of contract and grounds for eviction. But now we don't have any proof. So we're trying to find proof. And yeah. maybe she didn't. Maybe she's just messy. And then now we're overthinking. It, it almost so. would have just made things easier if she had just denied Ugh. access, <laughs> which so is a easier. really weird thing to say. So now we're in this weird spot. This is what I mean by like how much energy it, it, it eats up, how much of your energy. Like some stupid tenant may have moved uh, her sister in and there may be a second puppy in there. And now we're going through pictures trying to figure out some sort of a indication that she did. Ugh, I hate tenants. <laughs> but this is real life. Sometimes this stuff happens. This is this is eating into my creativity is what it's doing. On a Monday, I should be thinking about new cool ideas and new business ideas and how to, you know, raise more capital and do more deals and such. But I'm, this is what I'm thinking about. This is, this is the things that are, that are, that are you know, that are keeping me up on a Sunday night. It is what it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, for those of you that are following along. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's your update. <laughs> there's some stacked rubber maids and boxes in the middle of the room. 
Yeah, it's like either her si- either her sister did move in, or maybe she's gonna midnight move on us. That was the other thing. So like, oh wait a second, maybe she's planning on moving. I'm like, oh god, here we go. We didn't let her sister move in, so now she's gonna midnight move on us. We've never had a midnight move, no, ever. We haven't. Hey, that's a wouldn't cool... it wouldn't actually be the worst thing. It would save us from needing to go through an eviction. She's I love paid up. Moves. It's not like she's behind on rent. She doesn't owe us money at this point. Um, and when you evict, you cannot um, collect rent for the remainder of their lease period like so if they abandon then they're responsible until you find a suitable replacement they need to keep paying you rent until you find somebody to replace them that's if they abandon their lease but if you evict them from the date that you've evicted they are no longer responsible you've kicked them out they're not you've ended the lease you're not responsible they're not responsible for paying you any more rent so um it's almost it's it's better for us landlords when they leave when and they we abandon. don't have to kick them out. <laughs> Hot tip right there. If yeah. they abandon it, they're responsible until you find a suitable replacement. Yeah. No, I mean, you still need to go through, you know, having to collect that money and get the judgment and all that kind of stuff. But it's better than not having better, anything. Yeah. Better than not having anything. So, yeah, it's um that has happened to us. We're not necessarily a midnight move. We've never had a midnight move. I just want to point that out is everyone yeah. assumes hear the horror stories of oh my tenant midnight moved um never happened to us and we've had lots of tenants mm-hmm. um but we have had tenants that have disagreed with um with us and have decided to leave instead they've always told us that they're leaving and we've explained that hey just letting you know that if you leave you're still responsible until we find a suitable replacement as per the residential tenancy act and they still do it yeah and yeah it's not like you're gonna they're gonna continue to pay you every month um but, you know, if they're responsible to find a suitable replacement, uh, that means that there's a potential that you could be, you know, retrieving those funds in the future, which yeah. is better than no funds at all. Yeah. Can I drop a hot tip here? Sure. Okay. So for those of you who have been following along and listening, you will have heard me talk about um, how we only do email communication, that um, we have a, a communication and maintenance uh, contractor. Um call it a contract agreement (laughs) Uh, that we get the tenant to sign stating that our communication is through email. We like having everything in one place. Um, No phone conversations. He said, she said, it's all documented. So the great thing, one of the, one of the great things that happened when COVID hit was that they started to the RTDRS, the tenant residential uh, landlord tenant Help me out here, Wayne. Residential Tenancy (laughs) Dispute Resolution Services. Thank you. (laughs) Started to allow um, serving by email so long as that was uh, a way of communicating. Like that you you didn't just all of a sudden say, oh, I'm going to email them this. um, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 6 a.m. is hard. You can serve them by email so long as email was a way of you guys communicating. Is that still a thing? Yes, still in effect. So right now, if somebody midnight moved on you and you're worried that you have no clue where they are, how am I going to find them? How am I going to hunt them down to be able to serve them? So long as you had been communicating with them by email, you Mm -hmm. can send them there. You can serve them by email. So you don't need to go find them. You just send them the email because that's how you've been communicating and boom, you don't need to worry about all that kind of stuff. So change your communications to email. (laughs) I think that, I honestly think that they might keep that in place. 
moving forward. I think that a lot of stuff will stay online. And I'm I'm hoping, I'm finger crossing that the RTDRS kind of keeps those policies in place with being able to apply online, being able to serve by email. Uh, they like to see like a tracking to show that they actually opened the email on the other end, but it's yeah. not totally necessary. We've we've never used a tracking on it and we've served by email and had that be fine. Never looks good when you have one of those tracking things saying that, you know, they require you to have yeah. it work. Yeah, but I think on the other end, it's like tells you that it's being tracked and to agree or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's which never looks good. It looks fishy. But um, if you if you have all of your communications through email and you have a communications agreement that says that all communications are through email and only emergencies through phone call, there's no disputing it. Yeah. Whatsoever. There's no disputing that you need that you never got it or, you know, we we actually, you know, purposely will bring emails that where they responded immediately or recently to show that there is uh, a pattern of. Them receiving our emails. Receiving our emails. <laughs> and it's not a matter of, oh, I never opened that email. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which, you know, is 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 good. Um, in like in, in Gabby's example where you they leave really quickly and you don't know how to to find them. Um yeah. another great way to do that is is to have um when you do your lease, you gotta have some sort of a forwarding address, right? As well. Mm-hmm. Um in the you know, to send the the damage deposit back. And our line is always, well, whenever, you know, we have that um, and they say, well, just, you know, this address. Well, no, in the event that, you know, forever um, something was to happen, you know, if you were to um, to be sick or something was to happen to you and your emergency contact, you know, we'll send, you know, we'll send the documentation or whatever to that emergency contact. And nine times out of 10, they use their mom or their dad, right? Yeah. So that's another great way of just finding them. Yeah. Um, that was a good tip. I like that. Um, I think that, that kind of wraps up things today. Um, yeah. There was a couple other things we wanted to talk about, but I just don't think it's really time to get into it now. The inspections, yes, um, that's that's the update on the inspections. We'll keep we'll keep you posted on that. Um, <laughs> there were a bunch of other suites that were just. It was probably I don't want to say the worst inspection we've had yet quarterly inspection because it wasn't that bad. But one of the common themes was like cleanliness this time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we just uh, we've had a few less than desirable uh, tenants in the last six to twelve months. I don't know. It's just been a bad, just been a bad run for us. Nothing, nothing worth eviction. Um, uh, nothing that warrants eviction. But uh, just you know, trying to keep up on people to clean up dog poop and clean up your sweets um, has been a real struggle. Yeah. And um, we'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. And on why it's it's not grounds for eviction uh, in Alberta, and we're working on that. <laughs> actually, ironically, Gabby and I we discussed it, like today and tomorrow. We're actually going to go back to the Residential Tenancy Act um, and take a peek again because it's been so long since we did it, and we just had this we had this belief, this paradigm that um, that you can't evict someone for being um, dirty. dirty. Which, which, if, as far as I remember, is the truth. But I want to find um, in what circumstances uh, it warrants you know, we, it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're just waiting for them to pay rent late, <laughs> which you know is or yeah. actually damage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we'll get into that tomorrow. Is there anything else you want to cover today? I don't think so. Okay, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. 
to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 